0: Welcome to your mind is trying to kill you podcast. Join your host Alexandros Megas, and co-host Vincent Byrne as they walk you through the deepest recesses of the mind and how it operates. They discuss all the reasons why our minds persistently get in the way of our evolution, growth and our success. But crucially, they also teach you what you can do to change your destiny. And now, here's your host Alexandros Megas.
1: Hello and welcome to the 46th, for real this time. Uh, I, made, uh, I made a boo-boo last time. I thought it was the 46th episode. I was skipping ahead. This is what meditation will do to you, my friend. Avoid it at all costs. So it's the 46th episode of the bone crushing. Nerve tingling. That's right. Mind numbing. Your Mind is Trying to Kill You podcast. I'm your host, Alexandros Megas,
0: And I'm your co-host, Vincent Byrne. So
1: today's episode, today's topic, is based on a deep meditation that I found myself in during the weekend. You see, as you know, I am an inquisitive mother-father. And uh, being that, I always try to look underneath the surface of what's presented to me. Underneath what everyone expects that is the answer, the truth, uh, the narrative. I don't take the narrative for granted and I never accept it by default. So then, I was meditating on something that has been bothering me for a long time, and that is the conflict. You see, we have this conflict inside, and that conflict is looking to find, generally speaking, and that's for the people that are considered thinking individuals, not the vast majority in this world, I'm sure you know, we're looking to find out what it is that holds us back. What it is that we are trying to save ourselves from, as most religions uh, will claim, right? In order for you to be saved, in order for anyone to be saved, you need to know what you are being saved from. In other words, there is an enemy There is an enemy that all of us, either consciously or subconsciously, have been looking to uh, fight against, to protect ourselves against. And I've been looking for that enemy. Uh, Because, you know, in strategic thinking, and, you know, I am Greek, right? So strategy is deeply ingrained into my DNA. So... Strategically, and any warrior would know that you need to identify who and where the enemy resides in order to go get them, or to protect yourself from them. Because if you don't know where the enemy is or who the enemy is, what are you fighting, right? So, as I was in deep meditation, boom, it it starts, it it comes to me, there's this channeling, right, that comes to me in the form of... um, Talking, you might say. Someone's talking to me, right?
0: Conversations with God-like.
1: Yeah, yeah. Conversations with God-like. Yes, exactly. I mean, I don't know how he received it, but I guess I suppose it might be similar. So the answer that came to me in my deep, deep question, agonizing question, was if you want to find the enemy, you'll have to look in the mirror, which startled the crap out of me. Because not to know, not not that I don't know that we have been guilty of, especially our subconscious mind, right? With all the programming, all the conditioning of uh, going up against what it is that we really need, trying uh, thinking that it's trying to protect us. I know that, but this kind of answer that I received, this kind of insight, was a little more profound in the sense that I felt it was referring to self-reflection. Self-reflection being that if you're part of a problem, how easy is it for you to be able to identify it? In other words, I was told in in non-certain terms that the reason why we're chasing our tails is because we are part of the supposed enemy that we supposedly have to fight and defeat in order to be victorious does this make sense my friend
0: yeah i'm just um i'm probably surprised that you were surprised uh, given that the name of the podcast is "Your Mind Is Trying to Kill You," um, um, and you know what? What are we talking about in relation to um, this this enemy inside? Is it our? Is it our thoughts? Our beliefs? Is it the way our subconscious is is working? I mean, I, I was having a, a coaching session, receiving a coaching session myself the other day, and um, an interesting fact came out. Uh, when we were looking at um, the reasons why people behave the way they do. And um, on the one side there was greed or or the desire for something, and on the other side there was fear. And um, the while it's not scientifically proven, it was very easy to go along with the, the stat that was thrown out that we're 10x more likely to act out of fear than we are out of greed. And therefore, what is it that, that stops us um, conquering ourselves, conquering this enemy within, other than perhaps the fear that we have taken on board as to what might happen if we did conquer this enemy within? And it's almost easier to stay in the struggle and keep on to the fear than we are than it is to. Um, take on this battle realistically conquer the enemy and then be free of it because we don't know what's on the other side and that in itself might be the reason why we're not too anxious to, to conquer it because we're, we're we're kind of wallowing in our relatively uncomfortable comfort zone that's
1: right now you're absolutely right uh when you said, "Well, you know, I'm surprised that you were surprised," but here's the deal: of course, on that level, I wasn't surprised. But I was the the reason why I was surprised. I'm, I'm trying to find the proper way to actually uh, <laughs> talk about this because uh, this is this was the. Continuation, if you will, of of another uh, very deep meditation that happened a couple of years ago. That was, as a matter of fact, uh, when I was journey, journeying with the grandmother Ayaska, and uh, what had happened back then. Okay, so do, should I should I tell the story? Yeah, tell the story. Yeah. Okay, that's a it's a controversial story,
0: but. It wouldn't be you if it wasn't controversial. <laughs> oh, man. All right, so this is what happened. Very,
1: extremely, amazingly, and profoundly um, crazy interaction that I had a couple of years back. As I said, I was in the middle of journeying with, journeying with grandmother Ayahuasca. And this is what happened to me. See, at the time, I was perplexed about the nature of evil. Of course, <laughs> I've always been perplexed about this. <laughs> but I guess at the time, it was occupying my, my mind uh, a little more than usual. And so, uh, as I was in deep meditation, I felt like I was delivered i was zoomed you know on some kind of weird uh outwardly vehicle one might say in front of a supposed meeting with the archetypal uh, image symbol of the devil and uh, have i ever told you this story no oh okay so it looked like, you know, the 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 Baphomet image, like this, the image that you see on a regular tarot deck, right? Uh, and it was red, kind of glowing red, <laughs> very archetypal. Now, I was summoned, I guess, in front of this figure, in front of this entity, and he was, of course, alive. It wasn't like, you know... Uh, a static symbol. And, uh, and and so he says to me, he says to me, you asked to see me. What is it that you want to know? <laughs> uh, of course, I'm like, did I? I really, It's okay, I guess I must have asked in some way or form. So, okay, so I said, I said to him, Look, I just, I want to know what and who you are. What do you represent? You know, the, as always, the narratives that I receive in my life or throughout my life, I don't anymore, any longer take for granted. So then I am in the process of reevaluating and examining everything. Everything, like all the narratives, all the stories, storytelling, right? The... The teachings. I need to know who you are. <laughs> and this is what he said to me. He said, I am your father. <laughs> uh, now, I'm sure you know that here and there I've been called a devil. <laughs> but that's not what he meant from what I understand. What he meant to say is that we are all, his kids, his children, if you will, that this human race, I suppose, this dude claims he is the father of. Now, hold on a second before we get people all riled up. I have to, this is a... I mean, this is a narrative, right? So I'm, I'm telling a story. So hear me out before you shoot me through the heart. So this is what he con- the guy continues <laughs> to tell me. I'm like, you're my father? What? He, he goes, look, I am the master, the creator, and the archon of this domain in which you find yourself as a human being. In this 3D reality, if I am the master of this realm, what makes you think, then, that you are not my creation as well? I mean, you—you <laughs> you had admit the guy starts making little sense here. I can't, I can't be like, oh, get the f- out of here, Jesus hates you. I can't, you know. I have to continue a logical. Conversation, because that's what I'm about, right? So he says, and of course, I'll I'll put a parenthesis right there, right? And and this is what came to me actually the other day when I was in deep meditation about this other stuff that I was talking about in the beginning. And what came to mind? Uh, A very very famous phrase that I believe everyone. Almost everyone on this planet is familiar with by now. Luke, I'm your father. Yeah. Fucking Star Wars, man. Oh, yeah. So Darth Vader, who supposedly represents the dark, like the darkness, right? Reveals the the warrior of the light side. That this is where he comes from. And why is it important? We're kind of like going Joseph Campbell on this kind of shit. We're going deep now. Hold on to your seat. Uh, Why is it important that Luke knows that Darth Darth Vader is his father? Because unless he recognizes that... He cannot rise above. He cannot claim uh, to have a choice. Does this make sense? The moment we recognize who we are is the moment we acquire the ability to choose.
0: Yeah, I get that. I get that. That that kind of awareness applies really to everything we have. Um, whether it's good or evil or any circumstance, once we move out of habitual, um, I suppose, sleepwalking behaviour into conscious awareness um, of our situation, of the facts around us, and in this case of where we come from, we have um, the opportunity to choose. Isn't that what meditation is, is one of the benefits of it, to create the gap between action and response in order to allow us to make the choice rather than keep operating on autopilot? Of course. But I mean, this this concepts.
1: see, the way that I'm illustrating this right now is not usually the way that the average person can accept with, of course, uh, for for the obvious reasons, right? Because we're talking about... Okay, so let me continue with the story. So, that dude says to me, how, what kind of of an understanding do you have of what God is? And where do you think that comes from? The entity that you call God. How would you know what that is? Right? Assume, and of course, you know, he keeps on elaborating because... He knows I like a good debate, so (laughs) he he goes to me. Assume that I created all this, and it's like a big theater. And you lift a stone, and you find Christianity underneath it, which I created, of course, because it's my monopoly. And then you lift another stone, and you find you know Islam and and you know all the religions, and even you lift another stone, you find atheism under it and you lift another stone you find science that goes up against anything else everything else and so he starts telling me this and he's like look let me give it to you in plain terms that you can understand in the world in the world economy as it operates right now there are many different corporations right many different brands many different flavors But you may find, if you look real closely, that most of the brands are being owned by one or two, perhaps just at the end of the day, one huge conglomerate. Am I correct? Yeah. So he says, imagine then, because as they say, as above, so below, imagine that this is my world, this is my game. That's my monopoly. I am the bank, <laughs> and you are just a player. So, he says, how hard would that be for you to reconcile with that kind of uh, idea? I said, but I don't understand. To what end? I mean, why is this? Why? Why? What's What's the point? He says to me, what do you mean? What do you mean? What's the the point of you building a house? What is the point of you making a brand? What's the point of you creating art? What's the point of doing anything? (laughs) The rule, the one law of the universe, the dude continues, is creation. And that's what I do. And you are part of that. And I will jump, I will bridge now into the the later um, meditation that I had a few days ago, in which I actually heard a similar voice. I didn't see anything this time around, but I heard the voice. And the voice said to me, look at you. You're trying to defeat that which you're in conflict with. But there's a problem here. You can't defeat that which you are part of. Do you see?
0: So is this a little bit like the, um, what is it? The Native American story of the, the two wolves fighting each other? Or the two? You, you might say that. Be, because,
1: the, you see, yes. I mean, I'd say that's, that's a pretty good... It's it's a pretty good uh, way of putting it because uh, ultimately we have to, and this is the instruction that I received, if you want to have a choice in the matter, if you want to choose, to be able to choose between uh, where you are and where you want to be, you need to first acknowledge where you are and who you are. And isn't it funny that, uh, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you know of all your coaching uh, instruction and all this. This is something that actually permeates uh, all kinds of guidance of when it comes to what, like uh, self-help, uh, entrepreneurial help, and all this kind of stuff. Right? Everyone says, you need to first look at where you are. <laughs> you need to first acknowledge Who you are and who you have been. You need to first be 100% honest, right? About who you have been in the past and up to now. Because if you don't, you cannot depart from this point. So it's like a constant recycling. It's a loop. And... This is what I believe at this point that the vast majority of the population of this planet is running it's a loop uh, and that loop goes on endlessly you see it's it's <laughs> it's like uh trying to run away from your shadow you see brother <laughs>
0: I think it's 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 um it's it's like as I said it's like sleepwalking it's like mindless existence um because it's it's allowing the programs to pretty much dictate you know a hundred percent or just shy of a hundred percent of the time what we do, how we do it, the regularity that we do it um everything comes from there and while we think. We're in control and we think we are making decisions. Uh, The reality is if we were to break them down, we would see that we make the same decisions all the time, which keeps us running in the same loop. So as I typically say with people, until something happens to, to put a stick in the spokes of the wheel to throw you off the bicycle, we don't tend to take stock of where we are. And whether that's where our business is, whether it's where we are in our lives, um, whether it's what condition our finances are, what condition our health and well-being is, we don't do it until something hits and jars us. And and even then, many people just want to jump back on the bicycle um, after they've fallen off because they need the normality of what they were doing before and the familiarity of what they were doing before. So they don't even take the opportunity when they fall off to actually see, am I cycling in the right direction or not? So so as a result, we, we're, we're just, we, we are just playing this, playing out this game, just following the loop, following the program, and not really making proper choices because we just don't give ourselves the opportunity to do it. So. Exactly as you say, I mean in in any type of coaching, whether it's personal development and dealing with a problem, or whether it's you know helping someone deal with financial troubles or even a business person deal with um, their business having problems, the first thing you do is you take, take a as they say, a statement of affairs of you know what have we got on the asset side? What have we got on the liability side? What are the outgoings? What are the incomes? simply stated you 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 establish a starting point and then you can move forward from there um so I get exactly what what you're you're saying and and I also see that it's probably easier for people to rationalize the idea of having a financial have financial difficulties and taking a statement of the position and then deciding a plan from there. I think people find it difficult to have an assessment of where they are in their lives because there isn't a kind of a model for doing that. And certainly it's not something that we are taught as part of our development as we grow up. So it takes a lot to get to the point where you're able to do that self-reflection. And even when you do the self-reflection to know what the outcome of that should be i don't mean the individual components but what are we trying to get to when we we do that reflection um what what does the starting point what does the statement of affairs kind of look like so that people can learn to do it and then go from there cuz this is a skill mhm yeah I, I, and it's it's funny how
1: i mean isn't it i don't know no idea uh, what you know. The if I had a conversation with my subconscious mind, you know, uh, which of course connects to the collective unconscious, and that was uh, in my, I guess, uh, understanding in my inner understanding, all this stuff. Uh, the enemy, and of course we we grow up with the idea that the, the enemy is the devil, right? It's that which we can pin all our bullshit on, right? It's it's that which we can blame for everything and uh, because why would, would you want to take responsibility for nothing, you see? Uh, and that's this is exactly what the conversation I've had was. And, and it was, I mean, if, even for someone like me who has been drilling deeper and deeper and deeper for years and years now, that was um, quite a revelation. Also, in this context, when we talk about um, acknowledging who we are, in my case, in my particular case, uh, what was important for me to, to do is recognize within me uh, the ability or the tendency for darkness, you see, because this is one of the things that are the most robust, The one of the concepts that are most robust to deal with. Most people will not want to go there, you know, most people are like, oh, I'm a good person, right? Everybody wants to think of themselves as a good person. Hitler, Hitler, I'm pretty sure. He thought of himself as a good person. (laughs) Right? It's like, hey, it doesn't matter who you are. You might be a uh, mass murderer. But in your perception, you have to be a good person. I'm a good person. I do what I do because there's a good reason. (laughs) Right? So... It is important to step outside of that bullshit, outside of this smoke screen, right? This facade, this mask, (laughs) and uh, realize your capacity for darkness. Uh, And to me, that was a major, it was a major release because I didn't have to Pretend, and I couldn't, of course, pretend to myself, I'm a good person anymore, because what the fuck does that even mean, right? What does that even mean? What is a good person? That's another thing, you see, this is what going into the, the blanketed um, conditioning and programming of this society, and this is where some of those, a lot of those, or perhaps all of those notions come from, right? The The need... And the importance of being a good person, right, that is permeated throughout yeah. our
0: um, our lives. Well, um, it's funny you should say that because um, in a conversation with my son the other day, we were chatting about life and uh, challenges that we have. And uh, he said, um, you need to read this book. He said, I've been told to read it several times and I've done it and he said every time I turn a page I see something in it that's jaw-dropping and it's a book called No More Mr. Nice Guy and it was written in the early 2000s by a psychologist who um, had been going through life essentially um, and had taken uh, counselling sessions himself and uh, he believed that he was a good guy and he but yet he kept coming out on the wrong side of things, whether they be business or um, relationships, uh, etc. And um, when he went to learn about this stuff, he found that rather than being a nice guy um, for him, rather than it been seen as a virtue and something that was really important, he came to the realization that in fact, it was a program that he had learnt about how to manipulate other people in order to get what he wanted in order to um in order to be liked in order to not get conflict or uh, to be picked on uh, in order to attract women um in order not to be seen as one of those men who is disrespectful and all that sort of stuff and this guy came to the conclusion that this was actually a a paradigm which had been developed through a combination of fathers actually going out and well there was various things but essentially it was down to abandonment and it was predominantly related to men. So where uh, the father would be out of the home for long periods of time, uh, either because he was gone off to war, he was a traveling salesman or he was just going to work and just wasn't there. And then there were also the guys where they left because the marriage broke up or because they were alcoholics or whatever. But for whatever reason, the males in the family were essentially abandoned by the father figure. And society on top of that told them that the father figure was the wrong role model to follow anyway that what they needed to be was to be good, not masculine. They needed to, as it were, um, do what was the right thing to do around women, which obviously is, is extremely important. But the way the message was internalized was that I need to be, I need to drop the masculinity stuff, I need to focus on the feminine stuff, and I need to be good. And if I do that, then I will get all the things that I want and I won't have any problems in life. And uh, he was he, 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 he continued his work supporting people who uh, were going through life, seemingly had everything, but were desperately unhappy because they were following this nice guy paradigm. Everywhere had been told that this was the right thing to do. And yet inside they were, depressed suicidal, desperately unhappy
1: wow what an amazing uh, another amazing synchronicity uh, yes of course because you see this is this is what happens we talked about this concept of turning inside to find answers so many times on this. Podcast, uh, because when you find the truth, see what I just told you. I mean, I hadn't I haven't read that shit anywhere. Uh, the story that I told you and what it taught me. I mean, I did for all I for all I knew that was unique to my experience, but apparently not, because everything that seems to be automatic behavior i have trained myself to expect that it is a program its conditioning mm-hmm. so uh, uh, as as you were saying uh, about we're well, talking about this guy and what he said uh, what came to mind was being a good being a good person right being a good person is like being a good dog uh, and we, if we, yeah, we've we talked about that concept before. A, a good person in today's society means obedient. It means compliant. Right? It means someone who's going to do what they're told. That's a good person.
0: Because they believe, and this is the bit, and this is the bit that I didn't realize because when I was reading this book, I was going tick, 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 tick in relation to a lot of the stuff. Um. But the thing that was was interesting for me was that um, if you decide to be a good person or you decide to do something good for someone, do it because it's a good thing, not because it's transactional. And the problem with the way that the myth of the, the good person or the good man or whatever has built up is that people stepped into it in the belief that they needed to do it in order to get something or not or avoid something, as the case may be. So it became a transaction. So if I do this good stuff for you, it's unwritten, but I expect you to do something good for me. And that's how a lot of people have perpetuated this idea of um, being obedient and being like the dog, because like the dog, that's transactional as well. The dog is obedient because it knows that if it is, it'll get fed. And a lot of the way that's how we train dogs because we give them the food um, if they do what we ask them to do. So that's that that was that was that thing was huge for me because I remember I know I have said on numerous occasions you know I've you know I do this and I tried to be fair and good with people and it, and the unwritten end of the sentence is so that so that they will treat me well on the other side. Even though that's not what I say, but I hold, out, hold it out as a virtue that I am I'm good and try to do my best. When in fact, when in fact, I need to step back from that and do what I want to do and do what I need to do and behave the way that my my soul is 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 um, in its pure form wants me to behave, not the way that this this layer that I've papered on top of it suggests that I need to behave. Um, because I'm looking to get stuff from people. And then the devastating thing is, and this has happened to me on numerous times, is that when the thing that you expect doesn't come back, or when not only does it not come back, but you get a pile of shit back, that becomes devastating. It, it cuts the legs from under you and your whole rationale, your whole, Uh, the whole paradigm that you've operated on is challenged to the core. And that's where people really break down. Right. So the the idea of being, the myth,
1: rather, of being good is uh, relying upon the fact that, and that is the silent part of the equation, that if I am good to you, You are almost obligated to be good to me. So in some way, shape or form, I am programming you to do what I want you to do uh, through my whatever reciprocal sort of behavior. Now, I'm not saying that this is wrong, that that kind of behavior is wrong. I'm saying, let us not um, be fooled. Let us not bullshit ourselves to the point of thinking we are exceptional and exceptionally uh, pious human beings for for being that kind of person. Look, I mean, all we have to do is just look at social media, right? Uh, and you, you have most people complying with whatever regulations And, and people that post other shit that they don't like, they pretend that they like it or at the very least they're being neutral about it. They're not gonna, you know, raise hell about it because they're afraid of the consequences. They have to be good. This is what being good has Become, ultimately being good for the for most of the people is just as you said brilliantly. Uh, it's a manipulative way of making sure you're not taken advantage of by yeah. or, you know, or, or, or like that a, you get something. I mean, you right? Know,
0: you do it, right? You do it to try and get something, or you
1: do it to try and avoid something. Exactly. So. Uh, ultimately, I'd say the 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 ultimate test on whether or not you are a, a good human being with the idea of goodness that we think we have—that is to say, uh, we're empathetic and we're uh, we're able to feel people's pain or people's discomfort, and uh, we know what it's like to be disadvantaged, and we don't like to see that in other people and, and creatures and so on. And for that, we step inside and we sacrifice a little bit of ourselves to be of service. That kind of thing is not what most of us do on a daily basis but we do what you said instead. It's like a silent contract. Okay, I'll be good to you, you be good to me. (laughs) You know, it's an exchange, right? I give you 50 bucks, you give me back a product or a service. That's really what it is. And let us not be confused about this. My brother, there is nothing... Uh, To indicate otherwise. Okay, there are people, yes, that will sacrifice their lives to help other sentient beings. Or even help save a forest or something. I'm not going to stand in judgment of whether or not they have the right idea about that kind of service that they're providing. But... I'll say that in most cases, by what? By virtue of doing of uh, self-reflection, which is what this episode is all about. The idea is for me to realize, to really, really dig deep and look at myself in the mirror and know when I see my own bullshit. And this is the beginning of resolution. When I see my own bullshit, then, and only then, I can choose to further engage <laughs> in it and then become what generally is known as an evil, power-hungry, greedy, you know, whatever, mother father, <laughs> like the elites out there. Or step onto the other side or better yet choose no side at all and choose yourself. Choose yourself means choose the constant development of yourself no matter what happens around you because ultimately that's what produces uh, results. Perhaps the only thing that produces results. So, I think that overall, what it is that we have talked about today is a roundabout way of saying it doesn't matter if you are, if you find a way to become a millionaire, billionaire, an amazing uh, entrepreneur. Uh, a cunning individual, someone that is shrewd, a salesperson that can convince anyone of anything. Uh, It doesn't matter if you are the charismatic persona that you can seduce anything and anyone out there. It doesn't matter. None of those things matter. If you can satisfy the one screaming need that comes from inside, which is, how do I evolve? Because that's why uh, we manifest on this 3D reality, on this 3D uh, plane, to play that game. And it's a game, of course, as, as every indication that I have shows that it's a game. But, you know... If you're going to play a game, like chess, for example, right? What is your quest? Is your quest to find out what my opponent's secret moves are so I can cheat them out of winning? Or is your quest to become so masterful in your thinking and your strategical um, concepts that you can even get ahead of your own self now that as far as i'm concerned is evolving is growing this is becoming a master of yourself becoming a master of anyone else doesn't make you a master of anything It makes you an asshole actually becoming a master of yourself through the combination of all these techniques The chief one of which is to look, be the ability to look in the mirror and see who the real you is. If you have the guts to do that, ultimately, if you want to be everything you want to be, just invest in first dissecting who you have been. And second, in building up who you want to become. Building up by virtue of becoming better. Not becoming better for others, becoming better for yourself. Becoming better for yourself means everything that you thought that you couldn't do, but you wanted to do, now becomes your challenge. And now becomes the reason why you were put on this plane. So let that uh, be your guide and start embracing full on, like a warrior, what it is that you need to manufacture next.
0: Become the hero in your own
1: journey. That's right, that's right. I think that this was an exciting one, man. Thank you, brother, for allowing me to talk to you about my very deep and secret conversation that I've never told anyone. I hope you never tell anyone else. <laughs> I won't. Thank you, Lee. Well, so, you know, the devil is not out there. The devil is in here. <laughs> so... Now we know, right? Now we know what to deal with. Yeah. Let's get dealing. That, yeah. I was just going to say on that note. Uh, and here we come to the end of another one. Hopefully, one that is uh, insightful and not too disturbing. <laughs> Though I'm talking about the devil. Uh, I hope. Anyone who gets exposed to this gets something valuable out of it. That's my intention and I'm sure that's yours as well. And I want to thank everyone for indulging us. And
0: uh, until next week. Let's be careful out there. And don't let your mind kill you. Thanks for listening to Your Mind is Trying to Kill You with Alexandros Megas and Vincent Byrne. If you like our show and want to make sure that you don't miss an episode, then we would love if you would subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on whatever platform you're listening to us on. And you'd be doing us a big favor if you would support us by leaving a review as well. It would also be great if you would take a screenshot of this episode on your smartphone and share it on social media. So join us next Wednesday when we talk more about mind hacking and taking back control of your life. Until then, have a great week.